Well, guys, it's my privilege to introduce to you a friend of Reload. Um, he's been involved with Reload from the very beginning. I think it was probably back 16 years ago or so with Pastor John Bontrager when we launched uh, Reload. Um, launched it as Iron Sharpens Iron. We didn't launch it with the Reload name. But um, Pastor Moses has been a personal friend of mine for over 20 years. Um, started a great ministry. I think it's been just over 21 years ago called Acts Gospel Ministries, Acts Gospel Church on the west side, the uh, Miracle on 12th Street, 12th and Tamarack, uh, down on the west side of Grand Rapids. And uh, Pastor Moses has always brought a great word, and we're partnering um, with Mike Cooley's business, the Cooley family at Rivertown Painting and Construction. Um, last year, as a company, they uh, got involved with the Christmas outreach to the families on the west side there. And as the Reload Group, we're partnering with Mike and what his company is doing as that outreach with Acts down on the west side. So would you please give a warm welcome to Pastor Moses as he comes to bring God's word to us this morning. My brother. Thank you, man. Amen. Anybody glad to be alive on this morning? Yeah. Amen. We thank God for this privilege and this honor to come and speak to men. Amen. Because we know this is where it starts at with men. Amen. And if we get in our rightful place, we'll make some differences in the world. Amen. I want to talk to you about influence this morning. I'm going to read just one verse, three of them, but... Um, follow along with, with me and it, it will make sense. I thank God for Mike Cooley uh, and what he does for the kingdom, how he goes out of his way to help us on the west side. I mean, you know, all of us need a little bit of help sometime. Amen. And so we thank God that uh, not only do we partner, but he's invited me to his home. Come on, somebody. Nobody get excited about that. <laughs> They're like, oh, big deal. <laughs> but I do not take that lightly, and I thank God for his wife and his family as well. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark, the fifth chapter, starting at verse 21, going through 24. Father God, have your way in this place on this morning, in Jesus' name. When Jesus, had, when Jesus had crossed by boat to the other side, many people gathered with him, and he was beside the sea. One of the rulers of the synagogue named Jairus saw Jesus and came and fell at his feet and earnestly asked him, my little daughter is lying at the point of death. I ask you, come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him. I mean, you know, that's a good thing for Jesus to go with us. Amen? You know how we take him so far and we leave him someplace? Amen. Jarius took time out to go get what he needed. Sometimes you got to humble yourself. Amen. You know, people are watching you. You know, as men, we, you, you know, we, we don't want to embarrass ourselves, so to speak. And I know none of you guys think like that. 
But there are some men who, who don't really want people to know how much God is in them. Amen. It is always when you're in trouble, when you don't care who's looking, what they think, or who your friends are at that time. When we get in trouble, we need power. Amen. And I think as men, we need to just humble ourselves and not think more of ourselves than what we are. Okay. I know that I have made many mistakes as a man. Anybody there? I hope I got a few things right along the way as well. Either way, I know that I have had influence in the way my children turned out. I also know that as a man in a position of leadership in the church, my life has influenced good or bad for all people around me. I say that to remind you that we often underestimate the influence a man has in his life with his family. Men, you are influenced, influenced the life of your children every single day. They are watching you and they are learning from you. Sons are learning how to treat a spouse. Daughters are learning what to look for in a spouse. Sons and daughters are learning how to serve the Lord. Your children are learning how to appreciate the Bible. When our children see us read the word, when our children see us get before God, they are learning something that will be a lifelong lesson. Amen. And so it is important that my family see me, not only hear me, but, you know, example is always the best teacher. And so as we are doing our thing at home, I make sure that I'm open enough so that people can peek in and see what I'm doing. Amen. Because I want to demonstrate, not just by talking, but I want to demonstrate by action how to follow God. And if you don't have a prayer life at home, if you're not demonstrating to, in your home the power of who God is, then your influence is limited. Amen. And so we want to show them how to appreciate the Bible, Bible what the Word of God says. We, we, we have to demonstrate this before them because demonstration is what, is what changes people's life. Not so much what we say, but it is the demonstration of the power of God that lives in us that, 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 that change and influence the life of the people around us. Amen. And so we don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers. You know, uh, 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 hearing the word, you know, we sit in here and hear the word and we go out as if we've not heard anything or come to church. You probably ain't going to hear that much from me. But, you know, when you go to hear Pastor Dwayne speak and we just hear the word and we get up and go out and we don't take that word with us, we're doing a disservice not only to our families but the community that we live in. Amen. Yeah. Men. All the children in your life, whether they are in your family or are just around you in church and community, are watching you, and they are learning from your examples. They are learning about faithfulness, obedience. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, obedience. Yeah. 
<laughs> that means to obey. Amen. To follow the rules, not to set your own. You cannot come in here and set rules. Amen, somebody. There has already been a governing rule in the house of God. And as a man of God, when I come in and hook up, I must demonstrate what I want for my kids. Amen. And I want my children to obey me. Isn't it amazing how we want things that we won't do? Amen. Y'all still here? Okay. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so we want, because people are watching, and it's not just my children, it's the children that come home with my children. It, it, it is the people in my community. You know, I'm absolutely concerned about my family and my children and growth, but I'm also concerned about the people that come around my children. I don't know what kind of God is in their house, but if they come to my house, they will see a demonstration of a man that is sold out after God's own heart. And if my kids are around them, I want them to be like my children. Say amen, somebody. I, I, I don't let my children make decisions for themselves, and I know that's not popular. You know, because we're in a time and culture where we think our kids can make decisions on their own. They don't have enough information to make good decisions. Amen. And sometimes we, we, we have to interject and influence them that, no, this is not what the word of God said. This is not how God said we should live. This is not what God says how we should treat uh, young ladies. Come on, somebody. We have lost the, uh, 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 the ability to connect because we are trying to be culturally correct. Amen. Amen. We want the culture, the culture. Now, what about the word of God? What about that? Because that is the most powerful thing that's available to men to change and influence lives. Amen. And if you're influencing another man and you ain't living right, I wish you would quit. Amen. Because what we put into somebody else, uh, they will put into somebody else and et cetera and et cetera. So it is important that the influence that God has trusted in me, which is the spirit of the living God. Now, I have to operate on that same premise. Come on, somebody. If, if I'm a leader in the church and I am, I must demonstrate the leadership of the spirit and the following of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Okay. Now, I know that is a lot of responsibility. God intended it to be. God has invested leadership in, in the home and in the church in men. Now, I want to make a preference right there because sometimes, you know, you hear a statement like that and it'll make you think that I'm, I'm not for women in leadership. I'm absolutely for women in leadership because we know if women don't be in leadership, the church would die. That's right. <laughs> fall over and die. And so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Amen. <laughs> okay. Because people are like, man, he said it's only supposed to be men. I'm not saying that. Listen clearly to what I say. Amen. Amen. And if we look at Ephesians 5, 21 to 28, it talks about the leadership of the man in the home and our responsibilities and what we should do. Uh, as men, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, tell us to train up our children. God has given that responsibility to the man. God has not given the responsibility for my home, for my wife to be the leader by herself in the home. Come on, somebody. 
he has trusted me and given me the, the influence of the Holy Spirit that I might lead my home into the place where God resides. Amen. And my wife and I together, we enter in and our children come. But God has given me that responsibility. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Because we have, given, have been given the sphere of influence in the home and in the church, we can expect that we will be called to give an account. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard that. I'm sure you did if you go here. You're going to have to stand up and tell God why. Could you imagine trying to come up with a good excuse to tell God why you didn't feel like it? Why you were tired? Why you had something else to do? I, now, don't shout me down right here, okay? I think Sunday morning is when I worship. I'm in church on Sunday morning. There's nothing more important to me on a Sunday morning than being in the place of worship. Nothing. So I don't care what they say. I don't work. I'm retired. But when I did work, I wouldn't work on Sundays. I wouldn't even work on Saturday. I wouldn't work past 3 o'clock. Amen, somebody. Because I wanted my energy to be used to influence the kingdom of God. And I found out I did just as good with 40 hours as, I, you know, somebody with 60 hours. Amen. It's all in how you do what you do. Amen? Yes. Glory to God. So Sunday mornings for me is worship. Now, some people do it on Saturday night, whatever, but nothing interferes with that time. And I want to show that to my children because I expect them to do the same thing. Amen. Okay. If you're wondering whether or not the influence of a man in the lives of children and people is so important, consider this. I got some statistics I just want to bounce out there at you. Over the past 10 years, the number of murders committed by teens. I'm 67, so when I was a teen, it was like playing basketball, playing football. It was, I, I never had the intent to, to hurt people, uh, especially to kill people. We are living in a time where it is so chaotic because the man has got out of position. Over the last 10 years, the number of mur murders committed by a teen has risen from 1,000. Are you listening to me? 1,000% a year to over 4,000 per year. I mean, y'all read the news. I mean, kids are killing kids in the inner city, in the outer cities, wherever. They are just for fun killing each other. Over the past 30 years, there has been a 550% increase in violent crimes a 400% increase in legitimate births. That's sex without covenant. And, you know, we, we, we become complacent in that area. And, you know, we, you know, you know, we don't want to run people from the church, but we, all, we ought to teach them that this is against the will of God. But so many times we celebrate, and I mean, you know, we got to help out. But we, we, we ought to, with the celebration, we ought to be able to give some information that they don't go back and keep doing that again. 400%. Yeah. 
200% increase in teen pregnancy, a 300% increase in teen suicide. Where the brothers at? Where the men at? We, we have risen quadruply of what crime was, illegitimate pregnancy, teen pregnancies, 14. In my church, there are girls that are 14 and 15 that are having babies. Now, I don't know about you, but something is wrong with that. that that's the time we need to get on our face and cry out to God. God, I don't know why. What's my part? Help me. Show me so that I'd be able to be a blessing. Let me help this young girl. Let me help the young boy who impregnated her. It's, it's, you know, thank God for birth, and I'm, I'm for that. I'm against abortion. You know, but we, we ought to spend some time in asking God, God, give me the resources so that I make a difference in that young girl's life, so that she'll be able to grow up and live a full life. You, and she will do what God says she can do, but she'll just have to do a little bit more work. You know, with one child on her hip, one round her feet, it's hard to move. Amen, somebody. And, we, and we, un, we, we, we wonder why crime, and I don't support crime, but, but when you see the, the, uh, the, the deterioration of a people, it's heart-wrenching. And as a man, I can do something. I can, I can, I can, I can do something. Amen. 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 And... The, ma- the vast majority of the teenagers involved in this statistic, I just want to mention, are for, from homes that lack a father. 70% are from homes that lack the leadership of a man. Amen. So there's a lot of opportunities for us to get involved. And you know what I found out? They don't have to look like me for me to get involved. I wish I had a witness right there. (laughs) Amen. They don't have to stay in my neighborhood. They don't have to have what I have. They ain't got to be what I am. Come on, somebody. There's people dying around us, and we're looking at who they are and what they got and where they're from. We all have a right to life. Amen. The preacher preaching good. Oh, God. And then over 70% of all juveniles that are in state reformatories or in juvenile detention come from homes without a father. Since our responsibility is so great to our family and before the Lord, we need to know how to carry ourselves as we move through life. This passage introduces to us a man named Jarius. Most of us are well acquainted with this story. Jarius had a young daughter who is sick. He feared that her sickness is fatal. Knowing that he cannot save her, but believing that Jesus Christ can, this grieving father goes to ask Jesus to come to his home to heal his daughter. As the event of this passage plays out, Jarius teaches his wife, his daughter, his servants, and all those who are watching some valuable lessons about faith and obedience. He sets an example 
that every man, especially fathers, would do, will take heed to. Amen. I mean, you know, in crisis, when you do what God says to do, people follow that. Amen. So he demonstrated not only to his family, but to all his servants. Here's what you do when you get in trouble. A lot of people don't know what to do when they get in trouble. They just, you know, start having panic attacks. Amen. But there's a name that we can call on. The Bible said that is above every name. There's no other name under heaven where men can be saved. There is a God that we can go to when we're in trouble. And I believe he hears the cries of the righteous. Amen. I want to explore this account in detail today. I only got 11 more minutes. Come on, say amen. Say hurry up. (laughs) I want to share with you the lesson Jerry has taught who were in his sphere of his influence, as I do. I want to remind you that you are influenced others every minute of every day. We need to make that influence count for the good of our family, the people you have us around, the churches that we go to for the glory of God. Let's notice this lesson together. Jarius is a, 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 a ruler of the synagogue. You know, men of prominent positions, we, we sometimes think that, you know, we want people to think we got it all figured out. No? Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, because we don't want people to see that we are human too sometimes because we want to demonstrate what God can do in people's lives. And so as a leader in the church, you know, it's some things I just keep to myself or I'll call Tom or Mike or somebody and talk to them. But there's a lot of times I will not let people around me because I don't want to influence people to believe that God ain't who he say he is. And when people watch leadership and when leadership cracks, the church cracks. Amen. And so we have to be careful not to think we're the iron man, that we, we, we better have an avenue where we can release some stuff. Otherwise, we'll be carrying a load that's way too heavy. Amen. Okay. Jerry's is the ruler of the synagogue. This means that he was the primary official who overseen the business of the synagogue. He would have a major part in every service in the synagogue. He was responsible for making sure that everything was in order and ready at the synagogue. He would have responsible for handling the Torah scrolls, calling on some to read from the word of God. He would he would have led the worship week by week. He would have been responsible for keeping the buildings, grounds, in good order. In many ways, his position was like that of a local church pastor. Amen. Jarius, by virtue of his position in the synagogue, was an important man (laughs) in his community. He is a man of prominence, prestige, privilege, prosperity, power in the community. When Jarius spoke, people listened. When he walked into a room, everyone stood up in recognition. Most men in his position were aligned with the Pharisees. Thus, he would have been a member of one of the most prominent and powerful religions of the day. He was a man who had it all. He was a man who had reached the pinnacle of success. Watch out with success. 
I mean, get it now. <laughs> Don't turn, but watch out with success. It, it could be dangerously tricky. Amen. <laughs> but at this moment in time, none of it mattered. He suddenly finds himself in a place where none of that mattered. Sickness and death could care less about who this man is. What he possessed or the position he held. How many believe that? I don't care what you got. I don't care who you know. I don't care what neighborhood you live in. But when trouble comes to the home, how many know sin is not discriminatory? <laughs> Pain is not discriminatory. Death is not discriminatory. It will come through, and I don't care. If you know people who passed away, and you knew they were going to pass away, and there was no getting ready for it. I mean, we tell ourselves, yeah, I know they were going to die, and I got ready for it. That, that ain't true. Because there's no preparation for death. Amen. No matter how experienced you are in the word, you know, uh, you know we, we act like it, but there is no preparation. And it did not care who he was. That's why it is important for us to show God that we are not discriminatory in who we influence. Amen. Amen. Because when trouble come in, you might need that person. Glory to God. You might, you might, you might need that person. Amen, somebody. Because when trouble, I don't know if you ever had pain and suffering and, and, and where you don't care who's looking, who's watching, what they're thinking, what they're saying. All I know is I'm in trouble. And by any means, you know, this is what Malcolm X said. Y'all know he was, uh, y'all know who he is. <laughs> Malcolm X said, by any means necessary, whatever it takes to get this word to a lost and dying world, I'm willing to do. If I have to be embarrassed, if I have to look like less than, no matter what happens, I want to make sure that people know that there is a God and he is a rescuer. Amen. Amen. Here's a man who is religious, but his religion is powerless to help him or his family. Jairus would have traded everything. Anybody ever said that before? I don't care. Whatever I got, Lord, just don't let this happen. Amen. Here's what I want you to see. This powerful man, this prosperous man, this influential man of standing in the community was not ashamed to humble himself before the Lord. Jairus came before the Lord reverentially, prayerfully, passionately. He fell at his feet. The word failed me. He descended. Good God. He came down off his high horse. Glory to God. And fell at the feet of the master. Amen. You know, a, a man of prestige and high standing, you know, I'm not saying it, it, it's hard to humble. 
and fall prostrate. And people, it was a crowd there. Everybody was looking. But he was in trouble, and he knew that if God did not intervene, his daughter, that was his only chance. And so he wanted God to recognize, hey, I'm humble. Because the Bible said if we humble ourselves, if we humble ourselves in due season, the Lord will lift us up. And so he fell. He, he came from his high horse, his high position, his place of leadership, and was crying out, God, I need help. You got to have, you got to have desire to want God to come in. Because most things we think we can do ourselves. <laughs> Amen. He fell at his feet, humbled himself before God. Men. This is what the children around us need to see. It's what they need to see. They need to see what we're telling them to do. <laughs> I know sometimes I'll be talking to my kids, they be looking at me, and I have to think, did I? Why are they looking at me like that? Because I've not experienced what I'm asking for them. Amen, somebody. And once they see us go prostrate, they know when they get in trouble, they know where to go. Because I see my daddy. I watched him in the room when he was in trouble, when things weren't going right, when people weren't acting right. I didn't see him raise up to, you know, talk about people. Come on, somebody. It's dangerous to talk about people because people will listen. Men of influence, people will listen to you. So watch what you say about people because what I found out that I'm not God blew my mind. Flew me right out of the water. I'm like, what? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes I just feel I have a right. I'm laboring in the vineyard. I'm doing everything. I'm sacrificing. And then you say what to me? Anybody? Ever, and leaders. Do you ever think people crazy sometimes? <laughs> I do. Don't tell nobody I said that. Okay, just keep that in the room. Okay. Okay, one more. Two minutes. That's what they want to see. That's what men want to see. Now, do your children know you saved? It's just questions. Do your children know your personal testimony of salvation? Do your children remember a time when you, their father, personally shared the gospel with them? Do your children see you in prayer before the Lord? Do your children see you taking godly leadership in your, uh, in your home? Do your children know that God comes before everything in life? Do your children see you unashamedly, openly, consistently, and fervently seeking God? It's just questions. It's a shame when men are more likely to chase a golf ball than seek God on Sunday morning. Don't nobody get mad at me. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. This came from businessman uh, uh, stuff. I, I ain't write this. <laughs> Amen. Don't let this influence your giving. <laughs> Amen. It is a shame when men send their families to church while they stay home. It is a shame when men fail to love the Lord with all their heart and when they fail to lead their families 
to the same devotion. It's a shame when men perpetrate their God-given responsibilities to their wives. The children around us must see us seeking the Lord. They must see us setting the example of approaching Jesus. It is a lesson when learned is not soon forgotten. Brothers, we have influence that can change the world. Let's stop thinking that we don't. Let's stop acting like we this, this ruler in a prominent place and don't need God. As far as I know, everybody in this room and outside of this room need God. If we're going to get from point A to point B, God has to order our steps and direct us, and we want our children to follow us, so it is important that we have a godly demonstration of the expectation of God in our lives so that our children, when they grow up, they'll know exactly what to do. Because as they grow, grow up, the proof will be in them, and it will demonstrate what we put in them. Amen? Again, thank Pastor Tom for this time. Thank all y'all for listening to me. And I just pray as this Christmas season, that person that might be com contemplating suicide that you heard about, this is the most highest time of suicide this season we're in right now. Let's don't sit back and think somebody else is supposed to do it. Let's get up and let's do something ourselves because we have the power and influence to change your mind. Come on, give God a hand clap.